It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's up, Dolphins fans? Today on Locked On Dolphins, we are taking a look at my personal list of the 10 best coaching candidates to take the Miami Dolphins head coaching position since it has been made known public that Brian Flores will no longer be back with this football team for 2022. Buckle in. It's the content this offseason we didn't know we were going to need, but we got. Let's ride. Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? This is Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Today is Tuesday, January 11th, and uh, yeah, I went ahead and threw everything I was planning on doing this week for the show right in the trash. Today's episode is brought to you by OnlineGambling.com, the place for all the latest gambling news and tips throughout the NFL playoffs. Visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL to get the edge over the competition throughout this year's playoffs. We were going to do, of course, we obviously had... You know, Club Dub Victory Monday yesterday. And then we had the emergency podcast midday when it was announced that Brian Flores was being relieved of his duties as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. And we heard from Stephen Ross. And we've heard some of the stories coming out and the F-bomb tirades between Tua and, they, uh, and Brian Flores at halftime of the Tennessee game. And uh, that came courtesy of a piece from Dave Hyde of the Sun Sentinel that was put out. Um, communication and collaboration were the buzzwords that were not appropriately headed in the direction they were supposed to. And um, I think there's certainly some teeth to the critiques uh, of Brian Flores and, and the motivating factors. However, I think if you look at the entire body of work, would I personally have advocated this change? No. I would have given him an opportunity in 2022 to step outside his comfort zone. And reportedly, again, this has been reported from a couple of different folks as well. uh, Brian Flores uh, refused uh, some of the requested offensive staff changes that he was approached about on Sunday night. So maybe he forced his hand that way. I don't I don't know. This is kind of rock meets hard place. Right. And the guy who signs the checks at the end of the day, Mr. Ross said, okay, well, we're going to go in a different direction. Thanks. And in the process, completely blew up my content plan for this week. So, obviously, you guys are getting today's third podcast of the week, but the Tuesday episode, a little later than normal. But I I want to thank you guys for usually making Locked On Dolphins your first Dolphins listen of the day. Today, I have pivoted. I am nothing if not flexible. Thank goodness for that. Um, came up with a list of my 10 personal best candidates for coaches who are not currently head coaches 
on the NFL level. I think that's an important distinguishment to make uh, because I, I know I certainly caught up with three yards per carry yesterday, uh, and those guys are great. And they had mentioned uh, Sean Payton at the end of that show, uh, kind of a hypothetical, hey, would you trade draft pick for, for Sean Payton? And I've seen his name a couple of times on uh, the social media timelines. I mean, if you're going to do that, that is, of course, a totally different ballgame. But I am looking at candidates that are available. And when I mean available, I mean they are not currently NFL head coaches. And I came up with a list of 10 names that I personally am enamored with for one reason or another. And um, we're going to get into them here. And we're going we're gonna to do a big board style. Uh, and if you're unfamiliar with what that means, I'm, of course, the director of scouting over at thedraftnetwork.com. That means we're going to go backwards. We're going to start at 10 and work our way up to 1, which I'm excited about. Um, I would say the first six names are names that I am not necessarily eager to see actually gather any traction, but they are qualified candidates who have appeal for different reasons. Starting at number 10, Kevin O'Connell, who's the uh, offensive coordinator of the Los Angeles Rams. He's 36 years old. He has no prior head coaching experience. He's off the Sean McVay coaching tree. And, of course, the staples there are wide zone, the Shanahan-style rushing offense, a lot of motion and play action and condensed sets. And there is a connection for Kevin O'Connell to the Miami Dolphins. Way back in 2011, he made a brief off-season appearance on the roster as a quarterback. And he made his NFL debut as a third-round pick for the New England Patriots back in the day against the Miami Dolphins. Just a little, fun little factoid there. Nothing that has to do with his qualifications. Why is this a name that's appealing? Well, because the Sean McVay tree has proven time and time again uh, that it is capable of creating a quarterback-friendly environment uh, that... And I, I think it bears repeating. I'm not making these hires based on Tua Tungvalu or anybody else. But you know, if the Dolphins are going to press forward and keep the course of action that they have on the offensive side of the ball, then I do think a blend of new concepts with what Miami has been able to kind of showcase from an RPO perspective for from Tua now is going to be necessary to help him um, try to continue to elevate his game as the Dolphins, presumably, although Stephen Ross kind of left it open. Um, and I'll say this, all of these candidates, I am not hiring them specifically for Tua. I am hiring based on the qualifications to build a successful system. And from Kevin O'Connell's perspective, the tree that he's off of is what makes him appealing. But he's 36-year-old, has no head coaching experience. He's only been an offensive coordinator for a very short amount of time. Red flag. That's why he's 10th on the list. 
Ninth on the list, an accomplished defensive mind, former Atlanta Falcons head coach, Dan Quinn. He's 56 year, or 51 years old. Was the head coach for, in Atlanta from 2015 to 2020. They had played in the Super Bowl. Uh, his career record as a head coach is 43 and 42, so a 506 win percentage. He's 3 and 2 in his career in the playoffs. He's off the Jim Mora coaching tree. Uh, he was the Miami Dolphins 2005 defensive line coach, as your fun Dolphins factoid. And he is traditionally known for playing a cover three zone Seattle Seahawks esque type system. And why is Dan Quinn appealing to me? Two reasons. Uh, he is a former NFL head coach, which I mentioned yesterday, something that I do care about in your next hire. And he is somebody who runs a defensive system that would, in my opinion, really capitalize on the athletic ability and the, the ball-hawking ability that you have in the secondary with Javon Holland and Xavier Howard. There was a weaponizing factor there that, that I think makes a lot of sense. What does his offensive staff look like? I don't really know, and that's why he's ninth on the list. I, I'd be pretty, pretty underwhelmed to come back with another defensive coach, personally. Number eight on this list is Byron Lefwich, uh, former NFL quarterback, 41 years old, uh, offensive background, no head coaching experience. Uh, he's off the Bruce Arians coaching tree. There are no fun Dolphins factoids that I was able to dig up. And uh, kind of the, the system that they're most known for there, and it's changed a little bit with Tom Brady, and Tom Brady brought over some of the New England Patriots type stuff. Uh, is the Bruce Arians offense is very much known for vertical passing attack and, and attacking down the field. He's a hot offensive name. He's a former NFL quarterback. Um, and he's on this list because they do some re the Arians offense is something I would love to get involved with. But he's only eighth on this list because I don't think that's a particularly strong match and mesh for Tua Tungvaloa's skill set. So, are you going to go with Tua? Are you going to go a different direction? Like, you got to answer that question. And until I know the answer, what their plans are internally with that decision, um, I have a hard time believing that that's a sensible fit with the personnel that you currently have in place. And that's how he ends up at number nine. Or at number eight. Excuse me. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes but for TurboTax live experts that's what makes things interesting life changes are exciting and they usually have tax implications maybe you're on a full-time employee who decided to freelance now and you need some advice on how to file as a contractor maybe you started driving rideshare after your nine-to-five job or you work in one state but live in another and you need help reporting your income luckily TurboTax live has experienced experts dedicated to answering all of your tax questions and finding every deduction for you and you could talk to them from your phone without ever having to leave your house. Whether you got married, had kids, or changed careers, TurboTax Live experts are ready to help you with your unique tax situation and get the best tax outcome for you. To TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Visit TurboTax.com to learn, learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. Intuit TurboTax Live. The next name on my list, number seven. Also with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, alongside Byron Lefwich. Todd Bowles, 58 years old, defensive background. This is the highest defensive background coach on this list. I'll give you a little spoiler alert. 
Former NFL coach, head coach, yes, uh, with the Miami Dolphins on an interim basis in 2011. And after Tony Sperano was relieved of his duties, and in from 2015 to 2018, he was the head coach of the New York Jets. His career record as a head coach is 26-41, and 41, which is a 388 win percentage, less than 40%. That's part of the red flags. He's off the Butch Davis coaching tree. Aggressive, blitz-heavy system. Former Dolphins defensive coordinator as your fun Dolphins factoid. Served as interim head coach for after Tony Sperano's firing. I think Todd Bowles has done very well for himself in Tampa Bay, but the challenge with Todd is I think he's probably, and he's very well respected by his players, right? He's got good player relations. I'm just worried for Todd that Todd is a better defensive play caller than he is a head coach, and maybe that's what we're going to end up being the thing we see for Brian Flores too because, you know, everybody saw the reaction that the media had to the news, and I get it. But at the same time, Brian Flores coming into whatever his next opportunity is going to be is going to have to put together a staff, a staff of players, or a staff of coaches. And he's going to have to build an offensive staff. And I think it's interesting that a lot of times these Patriots assistants, when they do go somewhere else, that is one of the weak spots for them is figuring out how to build an offensive assistant staff because Josh McDaniels has just been the OC in New England for freaking forever. So there's no pipeline of coaches that you're familiar with that you have the relationship with, and that was another one of the keywords used by the Dolphins to justify their decision yesterday. It's been Josh McDaniels has had the OC position on lockdown in New England for a decade. So as these young defensive coaches come up under Belichick and they get their opportunities to leave, they don't have any corresponding colleagues that they can take with them from the offensive side of the ball, or at least ones that, that you know what you're going to get or have play-calling experience. Now, Todd, thankfully, having gone to Tampa Bay, you don't have to worry about that so much anymore, but I think there's just kind of the typecast perception of Bowles as a head coach versus a defensive play-caller right now uh, are two very different things. And you're just coming out of somebody who has those questions. He's had a lot more success winning games um, in Brian Flores, but you, you just departed from somebody who had some of these same questions that need to be answered. So that's why he's number seven on my list. So everybody from here on up is offensive personnel. Eric Bieniemy at number six. Offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs. 52 years old, offensive background, no prior head coaching experience. He's off the Andy Retree, uh, which is known for a lot of West Coast offense principles, very RPO heavy, very screen game heavy. Uh, no Dolphins factoids that I was able to cook up. And here's the concern with Biennemi, is He is a peripheral piece in a finely tuned machine that features both a qualified offensive mind at head coach and a superstar player executing it. And that's a flag because, like, 
that's what you went after with Joe Philbin. And maybe this is kind of just like PTSD from hiring Joe Philbin and Adam Gase, right? So it's like, oh, well, we want to replicate the Green Bay offense, and we want to replicate the Denver offense that Peyton Manning ran. Well, you can't do that because you don't have Aaron Rodgers and you don't have Peyton Manning. They were the straws that stirred that drink. You took a an NPC character from those stories and put him in as the central character in your, your story and told him to replicate the, the entire outcome. And for me, my concern with Biennemi is that you're getting the same thing with his involvement in Kansas City. Do I, can I guarantee that to be fact? No, I can't. And the appeal there is if you get the Andy Reid concepts and principles, that is an offensive system and structure that is proven it can make quarterbacks successful. What it did for Alex Smith. right? So that's the appeal. That's the intrigue. That's the upside. There is, of course, the ever-looming rumors of a quarterback change, and Biennemi was the head coach uh, that said quarterback in Houston uh, was very emphatic about his team at least interviewing and, and giving an honest consideration for the job uh, last offseason. So that would be the that would be the hire that I think would kickstart the um, what's the word I'm looking for? The conspiracy theories or uh, the speculation into high gear. Let's turn this thing over to the top five. Next on my list, and for many of the same concerns that I just outlined for Biennemi, this is why this character in this new central storyline for the Miami Dolphins is at this ranking, and it's Brian Dable, uh, the offensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills. This is the only candidate to this point in time, as of this recording, that has officially had a request for an interview filed by the Dolphins. Dayball is 46 years old, offensive coordinator from the Bills, no prior head coaching experience. He's off the Bill Belichick and Nick Saban coaching tree. He runs a multiple offense. They got a lot of motion. They got a lot of screens. Uh, and he coached to a tongue of Aloha, at the University of Alabama, and he was also the Dolphins' offensive coordinator in 2011. So, we talked about with Biennemi, the concern, the question, I should say, of, is he the straw that stirs the drink? Is he the reason for the offensive success there? Or is he a secondary character in the success that they have? And there's no established offensive mind at head coach Sean McDermott is very much a defensive-minded coach. But you do have an elite player, physically speaking, in Josh Allen, who is operating that offense. And in the same way that Rodgers, with his physical skills, or... Uh, Peyton Manning with his mental acumen, it is hard to compartmentalize 
who is responsible for the success. And Dayball has a pretty extensive play-calling experience, and it was not that long ago that Bills fans were ready to run Brian Dayball out of town. So he was the offensive coordinator in Cleveland in 2009 and 2010. Those offenses were 32nd and 29th in yards and 29th and 31st in points. He was the offensive coordinator in Miami in 2011, and he was 22nd in yards and 20th in points. He was the offensive coordinator in Kansas City in 2012, and he was 24th in yards and 32nd in points. His first year in Buffalo was 2018. He was 30th in yards and 30th in points. His second year in Buffalo in 2019, he was 24th in yards and 23rd in points. And then last year, he was second in both of those categories when Josh Allen made a massive leap. And then this year, fifth in yards, third in points. Brian Dable has had one season of top 10 rushing output for his offense. And it was this year. Devin Singletary took over a big role as the lead back. Josh Allen, obviously very involved in the quarterback run game. His rankings in yards per attempt, 15th, 21st, 15th, 6th, 21st, 14th, 20th, 6th. Adjusted net yard or net yards per attempt, which uh, accounts for sacks as dropbacks. 32nd, 24th, 18th, 31st, 31st, 21st, 4th, 15th. So I look at that resume and I look at what he's had with Josh Allen versus what he has been previously before, and I understand he went back to the college level and rehabilitated himself a little bit, and that probably helped. And I at least can't help but have the question of, okay, how much of this is Brian Dable? And there is, of course, going to be appeal for those amongst the fan base who are very much committed to seeing the Dolphins press forward with Tua Tagovailoa to say, he coached Tua Tagovailoa. He had nice words to say about Tua Tagovailoa. He's the guy that makes the most sense uh, because he has that pre-existing background. Maybe. I certainly think from the perspective of if you were going to go all in in that regard, that would be the step to take. And I think if you brought in Brian Dayball, you know, 2022 would be a no-excuses year for Tua Tagovailoa. Because you can bet if you bring in an offensive-minded coach, what they're going to do is they are going to bring all of the assets this year to the offensive side of the ball. We'll see. We'll see who else is added to this list. But as of right now, Brian Dable, the only one, and he's at number five on my list, who is officially had an interview requested by the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins fans, I have an incredible app for everybody who buys gas that you need to know about. It's called Get Upside. Listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN 
and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are saving as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there is no catch. The cash gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, e-gift cards such as Amazon or other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. OnlineGambling.com is on a mission to be the world's most empowering gaming and betting site, giving gamblers the edge by providing the best and most trusted experience online every day, all day. OnlineGaming.com is inspiring every gambler in the world to beat the odds. Go to OnlineGambling.com and check out the latest NFL playoff news and tips on how you can get the edge. Just visit the website for NFL tips ahead of the playoffs Visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL for all the latest news. Make sure you visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL for all of that news and the tips you need to give you the edge throughout the playoffs. OnlineGambling.com slash NFL is your place to make the most of this year's playoff action. Four names remaining. And only one of them is not someone who has been a previous head coach. So the way that this list shakes out, and we'll do the top three together. Three prior NFL head coaches with offensive backgrounds at the top. The other seven names, I have five offensive background coaches with no NFL head coaching experience, and I have two former NFL head coaches who are on the defensive side of the football. This is my top available prospect who does not have NFL coaching experience. But if you want to maximize your offensive system and become a more balanced team, Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys, is the top prospect in my opinion. Kellen Moore... Dallas Cowboys, 33 years old, no head coaching experience. He's off the Jason Garrett coaching tree. They run the football a lot. They run screen game a lot. They keep the backs involved in the passing game a lot. They run a lot of tempo. I have no fun Dolphins factoid for you, unfortunately. But here's what I can tell you. In 2019... Kellen Moore was the offensive coordinator. In 2020, he was also the offensive coordinator, but they did so with only five games of Dak Prescott. In 2021, we've seen the best version of Kellen Moore's offense. Kellen Moore's teams have twice in three years been the number one yardage offense in the NFL. 2019 and 2021. They have twice been a top six scoring offense in points. Sixth in 2019, first in 2021. They were 8th, 15th, and 12th in rush attempts per game. 5th, 17th, and 9th in yards rushing per game. 
5th, 23rd, and 8th in yards per attempt. Their net yards per attempt in the NFL over those three years. First in 2019, 22nd without Dak Prescott, still 22nd, reasonable. Eighth in total raw yardage that year. And fourth in 2021. Tempo. Space the field. Come at you run heavy. Involve the backs. All the things that you would associate Tua Tungvaloa with from a skill set perspective, or otherwise, because you're seeing with Dak Prescott, this is capable of being a highly elite offense. Of course, the challenge here is the personnel for Dallas is much better offensively than what Miami has. And that is the challenge this offseason. But if this is a path you choose to go... Uh, oh, by the way, Kellen Moore played NFL quarterback for a long time, and he was six foot 197. Dude knows a little bit about being an undersized quarterback at the NFL level. Kellen Moore, for my money, is going to give you the best offensive system that you are able to craft amongst all non-former NFL head coaches available in this coaching cycle. Whether you want to commit to a 33-year-old, I don't know. It would be a hell of a zag from the zig that you made when you hired Brian Flores in the first place in 2019. Which brings me to the quote-unquote first-round prospects of available head coaches. Jim Harbaugh at number three, Jim Caldwell at number two, and Doug Peterson at number one. Jim's 58, Jim is 66, Doug is 53. All three have offensive backgrounds. Jim Harbaugh, head coach of San Francisco from 2011 to 2014, carried a 44-19-1 record and a 5-3 record in the playoffs. It's a 695 win percentage in the NFL as the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers and a 625 playoff win percentage. Jim Caldwell, head coach in both Indianapolis and Detroit, Indy 2011 to two, or 2009 to 2011, 2014 to 2017 in Detroit, career record 62 and 50, 554 win percentage, 2 and 4 playoff record. And Doug Peterson, head coach in Philadelphia, 2016 to 2020, 42, 37, and 1, which is a 531 win percentage and a 4 and 2 playoff record. Jim Harbaugh, his background from a coaching perspective, they run multiple offense. He's off the Bill Callahan coaching tree. Uh, used to be back in when he was at Stanford, very pro style, run heavy. He has evolved with the times. And, of course, his fun Dolphins factoid is he was courted by Stephen Ross under the Tony Sperano era when Tony Sperano was still under contract. Jim Caldwell is from the Tony Dungy coaching tree, high-volume passing offense. Joe Lombardi is a guy who used to be his OC, and he's out in uh, L.A. working with Herbert now. A uh, lot of timing, stuff underneath, quick game. Stuff that makes sense for the skill set of the quarterback that you currently have. And, of course, that fun Dolphins factoid is he was a former Dolphins assistant head coach under Brian Flores for like four months in the offseason when Brian Flores first got here. He's been in this building. 
He was a part of the original vision and plan for this team. Of course, the major question is, what prompted him to go? And was it the relationship, going back to that keyword, with Brian Flores? Doug Peterson, like Eric Bieniemy, off the Andy Reid coaching tree. West Coast offense, RPO heavy. Fun Dolphins factoid here. He played quarterback for the Dolphins from 91 to 95. He's obviously shared the quarterback room with Dan Marino, who's now a major player in the Dolphins at this point in time. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl. He's the only one of these first-round guys who won a Super Bowl as a head coach. And, of course, the critiques here for Doug are twofold. For Jim Harbaugh, it's, it's... Uh, concerns about not being an NFL head coach since 2014. Uh, He and Trent Baalke really got into it when he ended up leaving to go back to Michigan. For And he's got a perception of not being able to win the big one. For Jim Caldwell, it's the fact that he's 66 years old. For Doug Peterson, I think the critiques are twofold, and they're legitimate questions to ask. First and foremost, what was the correlation between the departure of Frank Reich and John DiFilippo, his assistant coaches on that Super Bowl staff, leaving and the fall off in Philadelphia? And additionally, there was an ugly split between Doug Peterson and the Eagles when he left Philadelphia. Why was that? And guys, don't forget, I'm in Delaware. So Philadelphia is the team that's on all the time. All the guys I grew up with, guys and girls in high school, lived up. That when I was growing up, they were all diehard Philadelphia Eagles fans. So I've heard this story from every angle. And there was a story that The Athletic did that um, I thought did a nice job in kind of encapsulating what in the heck happened in Philadelphia and the dumpster fire that it was. So Jeffrey Lurie had about eight different people, and that's an exaggeration, from eight different departments, all responding directly to Jeffrey Lurie. And Doug Peterson, as the head coach, is finding, well, I'm not really getting my fair say in what players are dressing on game day. And I'm advocating to go certain directions, and the analytics department is telling you that this should be your draft pick or this should be your decision, and you're not, I'm not being heard here. And I'm the guy who's got to coach the team. So if you, you look at the motivations for why Doug didn't work out in Philadelphia. And, and, you know, he was very successful. He ended up having, um, after his first season, three consecutive winning seasons, before the 4-11-1 season in which the wheels fell off the bus because of all the toxicity that had built, been built up from too many chefs in the kitchen and, and too many people being involved and being involved in the decision-making process and not really allowing Doug's influence on the team to to be appropriately heard. But for me, Doug, Chug for Doug is the hashtag that we're doing. We all know I do the whiskey chug thing. We're doing the Chug for Doug campaign. And I think Doug, Doug and Jim especially, one of the big reasons they're both above Jim Harbaugh is, you know, this communication and collaboration dynamic that... Stephen Ross has made a big priority based on him using that as the means and the justification for firing Brian Flores. I think the personality of this coach is going to matter. 
and the way he conducts business. And I've seen a lot of Doug Peterson up close and personally. Uh, there wasn't a person in Philadelphia from the media side of things or from the assistant staff side, side uh, point of view and, and a lot of the players who didn't have anything but great things to say about who Doug was as a person and as a leader in addition to being a good offensive-minded football coach. And he has success, and he's won a playoff uh, run to the Super Bowl with his backup quarterback. So this is not an offensive quarterback-reliant persona. Or even you know, Jim Caldwell had Peyton Manning and Matt Stafford. Take all those variables together. You assess the landscape, and that's how I perceive the top available candidates for the Miami Dolphins. We'll see what direction they go. We're going to see in the week, the, the days, and hopefully not too long into the future, we'll have some clarity and, and we'll actually make a decision. Um, but that's, that's kind of how I perceive things at this point in time. And I am open-minded to different mentalities. I think it's very important in this juncture for us all to acknowledge we all want the same thing, and that's the Dolphins to win. And as I kind of just kind of look over who's out there from a coaching perspective, this is how I perceive the best candidates to get us to that finish line. Hope you guys enjoy Locked on Dolphins. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. Keep it locked in. Right here on Locked on Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for listening. Make it a good one and fins up. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.